and welcome to Scoop FM, the official podcast of Shad Dynasty League, the only league that counts. I'm your host, Dan Belinke, joined as always by my co-host, friend, and little thankful buddy over there. I'm so thankful for you. Why don't you give thanks to everybody listening at home, Devin Rambo. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Devin. Well, happy Scoops giving, my little pilgrims and Indians. Oh, it's so excited, you know. This country was founded in part by, um, you know, the agreement between the Pilgrims and the Indians that was forged on Thanksgiving. I'm sure that's exactly how it went down. Uh, Very amicable, you know, nothing fucked up going on there. Um, So, I just wanted to reflect on this great nation that was started. You know, and one thing in this world, well, in the world that America has created, is that we don't promise equality in absolute terms. We promise equality and opportunity. But, but, we all know in practical senses, that's, that's a bit slanted. That isn't a perfect science, right? Some people are just born with a little bit more of an advantage in life, right? I mean, sure, everyone has the opportunity to go out there and make money, start a business, go to college, get a high-paying job from a corporation, but not everyone has the means to do it. It's not feasible. Some people aren't, you know born into families or school systems that foster learning and higher education that would allow them to pull themselves up and do higher economic standards. It's just not realistic. And in this league, we see that all over. You know, privileged, trust fund babies just living off inherited wealth, just skating by. You look at them, you see these people in real life too. They probably wear vineyard vines, probably lots of khakis. They went to Cornell. You know the people. You just look at them and you say, you could put like 80% effort in, not even, 40, and still be rich as fuck. You could put in 20% effort and do okay. You could be a junkie and probably you wouldn't make a lot of money, but you'd be propped up enough to live the rest of your life in comfort. Maybe not have enough to pass on to your children, but not a huge concern for these people. And you just look at it and you say it's not fair. And in this fucking league, I just look at all these privilege, trust fund, late stage capitalism bullshitters. Obviously, one of the targets, Devin Rambo. Devin is is the the owner of Rogers LLC. Um, pretty much perfectly This is going to turn into a fucking Vox article. Pretty much perfectly encapsulating a late-stage capitalist um, corporation in the 21st century. But really, come on. It's all legacy with this guy. You look at his team. Who do you like on this? Who do you really like on his team that you're like, oh, you know what? That's a good dynasty prospect. No, he's living in the fucking past. I was roasting his team last year for being old, and he hasn't gotten much younger. Okay, he's older and slower, and the only reason that he's even in the playoffs to begin with is he's living off of yesterday. He's living off of his past successes. Great. Austin Eckler was the highest scoring running back for the first five weeks. What have your running backs done lately, Devin? I'll tell you, your quarterbacks too? I'll tell you the one thing I love about Aaron Rodgers and Phillip Rivers. I keep getting older, and so do they. They get way, way older, and they're not as good anymore. You're living off borrowed time. You're the future. Everyone else in this playoff contention is a disruptor, and we're sick of your bullshit. But there's no offender. At least we can say, look, Devin propped himself up at one time to be in this position, and even though he's kind of run out of ideas, you know, revenues are falling, he's really working the margins, trying to suck the last meat off the bone, whatever he can get. At least at one time he built something. He built something on his own. I can't say the same for the biggest fraud of America. Oh my God, I forgot. We used to have fraud of the week. Oh, I got to go through those old newsletters and bring more segments back. Your fraud of the season is none other than Nate Higgins. Trust fund, privileged, baby fuckhead. He, there is no fucking reason he should be number one. This guy is the richest in the league. He's in first place and he's done nothing. He's skated by. He puts in 10% effort, and it just works. How does it work, you ask? Well, I don't want to spoil too much because we have to talk about this in the standings, but he obviously has the least points scored against him, but not just the least. He has the least points scored against him. The second least points scored against 
has 130 more than Nate. So yeah, he has historically low levels of scoring against him, and it's all luck. It's all inherited bullshit. I don't understand how it happened, but it somehow did. Good God. Well, as much as I would love to keep tearing into them, um, I don't want to sound too ungrateful. It's Scoop's Giving, after all, so we got to show thanks to all of our friends out there. Um, so let's get right into it. We can't do waiver wires this week. Well, let's preview the show first. We can't do waiver wires this week because I'm recording this on a Wednesday, so I don't know what happened with the waivers. I could pop in real quick and drop a little one um, after Thursday, but it'll be Thanksgiving. I don't know if I'm going to be doing that. Um, so we'll probably get right into talking trades. There were a few of them. Um, let's see what else. We're going to get into matchup roundup, of course, but the most important part of this segment is after we do the standings, we are going to do a complete playoff picture, how it's playing out if it were to occur today. Uh, We already covered the schematics of the playoffs last week, but more importantly, I'm going to tell you the scenarios that could give you your best and your worst outcome over this next week. And folks, what you hear is going to surprise you, so definitely stay plugged in. And after that... As if we couldn't give you any more. We're just so, so thankful for you, for your participation, your dedication, your involvement. We've got a special segment at the very end. I don't want to give away too much, so I'll just leave it at that. Let's get right into this trade talk. Um, We covered all the really explosive, big, high-flying trades last week. There were many of them. And there was one that just came through to the desk not too long ago. Just a couple hours ago, we heard about this one. Travis Kelsey and the Patriots defense leaving Devin's team and going over to Matt for George Kittle. Now this, this was very interesting to me. I see why Matt wants the Pats D. He had the Browns D, probably not a great playoff schedule, not the worst, and he's, he's bulking up. He needs to bulk up for this. Now, the, and, and Devin, on the other hand, has the Ravens defense. So he's got the one and two. He's done a great job, both waiver wire pickups, mind you. He's done a great job scouting defenses. And I remember the first year I played fantasy, Devin told me, I said, any tips for me? He said, yeah, I have one trick. I always hold two defenses and I just wait and play whichever one has the better matchup. And I said, okay, great. Anything else? And he said, no, that's all. So very, very useful part of the league was covered by Devin. Thank you very much. Um, And he's got an eye for them. So he's good there. He doesn't really need the Pats D. Now, what I'm confused about here is, has George Kittle ascended Travis Kelsey in dynasty value? I mean, age, one factor, obviously. And I guess production this year? I don't really know who scored higher. Um, But yeah, no, Travis is the number one still. Still higher than Kittle. Now, Kittle has missed some games. But he's at least played with his starting quarterback the whole time. Travis Kelsey has not. So I don't really know about that. I think Devin could have got one more piece, maybe some picks involved. Uh, In my book, if we were starting up today, I'd still take Kelsey over Kittle. Uh, But clearly the market has shifted. Okay, folks, let's get right into last week's matchups, the implications of which will send shockwaves through your friggin' dick. Okay. So actually, in truth, none of these matches were really that good, pretty uninteresting. And you'll see our standings barely changed, barely shifted. So one thing that, one thing, the way that this affected the playoffs is by keeping everybody the same for one more week before we plunge into utter chaos, like a Tarantino film. You're like, God, it's like 30 minutes of one scene and dialogue and nothing's happening, and then blam. Someone's balls are shot off, someone's ears cut off. That's what we're heading for in this final week of the regular season in Dynasty League. By the way, is, is this ever, is, is the last week of fantasy regular season normally Thanksgiving? I swear it is like way after normally. I don't know what the hell is happening. Anyways, let's get right into it. I'd like to start with what I prescribed as the match of the week. Again, a stinker. I got a knack for picking stinkers. Nate versus Devin. Nate ended up winning 102 to Devin 72.5. These trust fund privilege assholes can't even combine for as much as other teams like Nick and I, who are pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, are scoring. 
Oh, that's sad. There was question if Nate was even going to crack 100. Really? You can't crack 100 in week 12 and you're supposed to be our leader. You're supposed to be in first place? That's fucking embarrassing. Russell Wilson, uh, kind of a crappy game. Uh, right before I chided people for thinking he was the MVP over Lamar. Very interesting. Not saying that Scoop FM has big implications, but it uh, definitely definitely sends some feelers out. Um, wow, this is just a mess of running backs. Nate with Philip Lindsay and Todd Gurley. Devin with Darius Geis and Miles Sanders. Oh, boy, Jesus, God. This is just rough all the way through. I mean, the only thing that really gave Nate any points was Jameis Winston. Um, I played in another league, started off with a pick six, ended up with three touchdowns over 300 yards. Uh, Both defenses, San Francisco and Baltimore, pretty stout. Uh, But yeah, neither of these teams are exciting at all. They're still somehow at the top. I don't get it. I don't like it. But regardless. Now, going on to our rivalry week. Okay, full disclosure, I was not really prepared to do this podcast. I'm coming home to Youngstown in just a few hours. In just a few hours, I might see you downtown. I'm not really in the... I'm not really prepared. If you notice, I'm a little slurring on my words. I'm not drunk. I'm just, I got a lot on my mind, okay? Busy day. Anyways, rivalry week. These two fucking hate each other. Dave versus Eric. Eric vanquished Dave. 126.3 to 69.4. Eric's day was mostly off the back of Nick Chubb. Again, Amari Cooper not there to save him. Quietly slinking away, but Allen Robinson breathing life into the void that is the Chicago Bears offense. I think the point's been brought up before. Could you feel worse for anybody? There was one time when I was saying, I think Allen Robinson might be top five in talent, but he is like bottom 25 in opportunity. And I mean, just from Bortles to fucking, I think Bortles to Trubisky, it's just been, ah, poor guy. Terrible, terrible career for him. Uh, Marquise Brown. Remember, this was a very late pickup. What's funny about this is I think that uh, Eric got Marquise Brown in the third round, possibly, possibly the second. Um, but his first round pick was J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who we all were like, wow, that's a really smart pick. Maybe he's going to have opportunity because the Eagles, low-key, don't have a lot of receivers. I actually said that on the Draft Day podcast. Go back and listen. And the thing was, I was right. He had a ton of opportunity. He just has no fucking talent. And, and you know, that's that's part of the equation. So he fucking sucks. Eric drops him. And now Marquise Brown, it was a good thing to have faith in the Ravens this year. That's not big news. Anyways, um, yeah, so Dak and Amari against New England. Not going to be great for you, but when you got Chubb and Watson and Allen Robinson and Marquise Brown, that's pretty good. Now on Dave's side, oh, this was bad. Just big woofs. Matt Ryan. Probably a huge target in like seasonal leagues and DFS. Terrible week. Terrible week against an exposable Tampa Bay. Oh, really bad. Something's going on down in Atlanta, and it stinks. I didn't buy into that two-week back phase. Now, I still think they can cover against the Saints this weekend on Thanksgiving. I don't like large spreads in divisional matchups. You always hear me say that, but nevertheless. Yeah, the uh, I, I worried that Dave's team might even be worse when Brandon Cooks comes back because it's just going to be more disappointment, and I was correct. 35 yards for Cooper Cup, 32 for Brandon Cooks, and 23 for Gerald Everett. That is less than 10 points between three players all on the same team, his own team, his favorite team, and his rookie running backs. Uh, kind of not putting it all together. Maybe hitting that rookie slump that everyone taught, or I don't know what it is. You know, they can't make it through a full season. They're not used to the amount of games, whatever. Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery, both with poor showings. Uh, Playing Oakland's defense as they just got trounced against the Jets was a mistake. And playing Jeff Driscoll, who we talked about he picked up last week, you know, didn't work out too well. Uh, Let's go to our, our, our highest combined scoring effort of the, oh, no, wait, is that true? Give me one second. Yeah, it is true. Our highest combined scoring effort of the week, Bob versus Nick. Now, this was huge. The win here was huge. This We kept saying week after week, Bob needs a win. He needs a win. He needs a win bad to try to push into the playoffs. Now, he only came through about one out of those three weeks, and this was one of them that he did not come through. 
And by Nick by winning has officially made things interesting because we we had a lot less playoff implications if he lost. So Bob put up a, a, a tremendous effort of 135.6, but lost to Nick 197.2. We'll have to mark footnote that one and figure out if that's a top five score all time. I would say, just guessing, it feels like it. Drew Brees for Nick is officially back. Um, okay. Oh, I just heard another gust of wind blowing back in. Confidence in Kyle Allen has reemerged. Um, yeah, Saints have been really getting beaten up on passing since Marshawn Lattimore hasn't been playing. Not too surprising. I don't know if Eli Apple's still on that team. He sucks ass. Anyways, uh, I mean, Derrick Henry, huge game. Calvin Ridley got a touchdown. Jarvis Landry, big game. I'm a huge Jarvis Landry detractor, but I also don't like Odell that much. And to be able to say that Jarvis is better than Odell, I don't know. It gives me an odd feeling. Confused boner. Um, Mark Ingram. And this is a guy he was trying to sell. Mark Ingram with a huge game. And DJ Moore. Last week I said I could take DJ Moore or leave him. I know there's some huge DJ Moore truthers out there. Uh, we'll have to see how that continues to play out. I'm not quite ready to take the L on that stance, uh, but we'll see. On Bob's side of the ball, Saquon has just not been right. We were all very worried about the fact that Bob had Saquon and Dalvin Cook on one league, on one team, but it hasn't, in Leonard Fournette, but it hasn't really hurt us that much. And Saquon is banged up or something. Something's not right over there in New York. Um, Baker had a good game against Miami. That was pretty obvious. Devontae Adams, a decent showing. The only touchdown scored by Green Bay and a pitiful, pitiful loss to the Niners, who you know I've been very high on throughout this year. This is really just a victory lap once we get to this point in the season. Just got to go over, oh, that's a good show idea. After the season's over, we'll go through, we'll listen to all of my podcasts together, and we'll all write down everything I got right and everything I got wrong. I think Colin Cowherd does that, but fuck him. Who cares? He'll never know. Um, Jared Cook, Odell finally coming through. Um... Yeah, so decent showing from Bob, but just was not enough to do it. He had no way to win this one. Um, impossible. And if you notice so far, none of these guys have had any way to win this one because they've been getting trounced by 60-plus. Let's go to our tightest match of the week. Oh, I wanted this so badly. Matt beat Drew 124.5 to 121. It all came down to that Monday night game in a terrible, terrible showing. For Dave's Los Angeles Rams, your 2019 NFC champions by a bad call. Stink. A stink hangs on that team. Should have never been in that Super Bowl. Oh, man. They cannot. They look so bad. Anyways, um, yeah, I just fucking wish so badly that Drew had made some kind of trade with Nick for the Ravens head coach that night and gotten the win. Um, anyways, Drew did have a couple ways to win this one if he had played Frank Gore or Gus Edwards against, uh, you name it, Duke Johnson, Jamison Crowder, uh, James White, not Adrian Peterson, that was decent. But yeah, I mean, not a great scoring game. Sam Darnold, again, doing it against Oakland. Seems like that's been a pretty good pickup so far for him. And A.J. Brown, again, his uh, third highest scorer this week. Uh, so, looks like that first-round pick, I mean, it's it's been flashy. The talent is there, and no one doubted that. But the Titans passing game is just so fluky, and it was a huge blowout against the, the, the Titans or the Jags. I don't expect them to keep slinging it like that going forward. Um, and then DeAndre Hopkins, that Thursday night performance was just wow. Uh, um, on Matt's side, pretty much being carried by his ball carriers. Josh Allen, Christian McCaffrey doing all the heavy lifting for him. And uh, what what's his name? Fuck. Uh, George Kittle with a decent game. Bad receivers. Oof. Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Gallup, Devontae Parker. Oh, and he's starting Kalen Balage. These flex just stink. Well, he had a lot of people on by. Anyways, let's get to the one matchup you all want to hear me talk about, I'm sure. Me versus Billy. I beat Billy 191.1 to 125.1. Billy didn't even start a tight end because Hunter Henry was on by. He clearly was being a little negligent with his team. We'll let that slide, but he had no fucking way to win this one. What tight ends getting you 70 points? Uh-uh. Lamar Jackson. 
Oh, you all laughed at that draft table. You were like, oh, oh, way too high. Fucking, fucking idiots. Idiots. Let me remind you that Eric took Deshaun Watson in the second round. Urgh. I, don't, I got Lamar Jackson like the 11th, which was such a value. Now, looking back. Um, my team, it's, it's just great all overall. Chris Godwin giving me the America's Top Diva Award. Oh, man, huge game. 184 yards and two touchdowns. Beautiful offseason trade by myself. Thank you very much. Johnny Williams for your Indianapolis Colts. Just dominating the carries there in Marlon Mack's absence. Another great pickup. Um, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? Leonard Fournette just traded for him. When I got fleeced. Two touchdowns and 97 yards. Thank you very much. That's just on the ground. How many did he have receiving? 62. Oh, me, oh, my. And that Pittsburgh defense keeping strong. It was just an, an impressively strong week for myself. I can't say enough good things about my team, um, but we can't get ahead of ourselves. Can't keep looking forward. Got to play to win now. Uh, stay humble. Stay on the grind. God's plan. So we'll do that, and you'll watch us do it that was dumb okay so let's get right into these standings how about it and let's talk about this playoff picture so in first place remains nate at nine and three something that no one thinks he deserves he's got the seventh most points scored we already talked about how he's got a 130 lead on having the least points scored against him it's just all luck but fear not we're going to go through the couple scenarios where maybe we can knock him down just a peg if we all work together. I'm in second place at 8-4. and four. I've got the first most points scored, and I've got over 100 more points than the next guy. I got more than 450 points than the last guy. Yeah, that feels good. <sighs> um, Matt is in third place. By the way, Nate's at 9-3. and three. I don't know if I said that. I'm at 8-4. and four. Matt is also at 8-4, and four, nipping at my heels, though I got a 100-point lead. He's got the second most points scored. Eric is in fourth place at 8-4, and four, and he's got the third most points scored. All four of us at the top, we all won. That made it a boring week. That made it dull in terms of implications for the playoffs because Dan, myself, Matt, and Eric were all previously tied. And we needed at least one of us to lose to get things a little more interesting. But the fact that we all won and Nate won, we remain stable. And because of that, you're gonna you're gonna you can't even believe this. At five is Devin. At seven and five, he lost, but he's still there. He's still there with the six most points, thanks to Dave and Bill losing. I just think if one of those guys wins, they were the ones playing myself and Eric. Devin could have catapulted up to the top, uh, even with a loss. Even with a loss. No, 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 he couldn't. Never mind, never mind. Sorry, that was dumb. Anyways, the, the exciting thing here is that those top five spots have all clinched a playoff. Okay, so now you're thinking, why am I even going to listen to what the best and worst case scenario is in the playoff picture for each team after this week um, if five of the spots are already determined? Well, I got to say, that's pretty rare, um, but there could be a lot more movement than you think, and it's so interesting seeing the fight for the bottom. Oh, man. You know Mad Max, Fury Road, where all the people are just, all those like dirty, crusty people are just hobbling for the water that's pouring out of the fountain, punching each other for just a sip, just a little droplet on their tongue, and their cracked lips and skin drives them wild into madness punching each other, acting like animals, that's going to happen because four people are in contention for one last playoff spot. And us five, we're sitting up there at the top of that giant waterfall thing with the Morton Joe just looking down at the people saying, ugh, ugh. Anyways, Dave is at six, currently in the final playoff spot. He's at five and seven. Billy lost. So that kept his spot intact, even as he lost. He's on a six-game losing streak right now. Can you believe this guy started off 5-1? Six-game losing streak. 
but can he do it like Pat Mahomes is hoping to do it? Remind the league who he is, what his team is capable of when he's 100%? We shall see. He's only got a 15.4 lead on Bill in terms of points. Now, not saying if Bill had started up, this is if he started a tight end, he'd be closer. But this is why, even when you win a game, if you leave points on your bench, it's just devastating. It's gonna come back to bite you in the ass, and it has here for Billy. He's in seventh place, also at five and seven. Like I said, he's 15 points behind Dave. Oh, I should say, Dave is the eighth most points scored in the league, and Billy has the ninth. And they're in the best position to get this playoff spot. Doesn't seem quite fair. When you look at eight, Bob at four and eight, he's got the fourth most points scored in the league, but he just, we, we outlined three weeks. He needed to win. He needed to win all of them, but at least two, but he couldn't do it. He just won one. And that's why he's still down there hobbling with the dirty, dirty masses. Nick is in ninth place, also at four and eight. Now Bob only has a four point lead on him. Only a four-point lead. Nick's the fifth highest score. Now, not to disparage Nick. I think he was like seventh a week ago. Maybe eighth. When you score 200 points, that's going to happen. Not to diminish my number one score. But still, it's, it's going to happen, especially because things are a little tighter, you know, down there. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean for it to sound like that, however it sounded. And Drew's in 10th place at 2-10. and 10. He's got the 10th most points scored in the league. Drew is... You know, the Dolphins, the Redskins, the Bengals. He had his fun. He showed his boys that they can win football games. You know, they're not tanking, but they've got their eyes forward to next season. No no bones about it. Okay, that's no secret. Well, let's get right into it and talk about best worst. What's the best you can do? What's the worst you can do? We'll start with Nate, our fraudster, trust, fun, fuckhead at the top of the list. The best he can do is first. Okay, he's got a one-game lead on anybody else, so if he wins, he's in first. Simple as that. Now, if he loses, he can still, still hold that first-place spot. He would just need Matt to lose, or, you know, Matt could win, but he would have to maintain his points. Well, no, he doesn't have any points scored on Matt. He'd have to score more points than Matt to the tune of 90. So 90, 91, actually. So seems unlikely. Um, or, you know, if he, so if he loses and Matt either loses or he wins, but Nate outscores him by 90. And then out of Eric and me, we're playing each other. So whoever wins, he would need to outscore them. So if it was Eric, he'd need to outscore them by 75. If it was me, he'd have to outscore me by 197. The worst he could do is drop to three which, I mean, isn't bad, but it pushes him out of a bye. So he has to lose for that to happen. Um, Matt would have to win by default. And then either me or Eric are going to win because um, we're playing each other. And we would just need to maintain our point leads. Mine is, you know, Eric's is 75. Mine is 197. Anyways, um, yeah, there's there's way more scenarios here for each of these um, if you factor in ties. But I'm just... just Cut me a fucking break. I'm just doing generally, this is the, even with ties included, this is the best and worst you can do, and this is the most likely outcome. Actually, I don't even know if that's true, if you consider ties, but let's just pretend they don't happen. Even though last year, our playoffs were highly, highly skewed by an untimely tie. That's for, that's for, that's for, that's for Shadine's Dynasty historians. They'll know what I'm talking about. Um, so myself, the best I could do is first place. Wouldn't that be great if Nate just loses? just need Nate to lose, and then I would need to win, and I just need to maintain, well, I need either Matt to lose, or I, Matt can win, that's fine, I just have to maintain my point lead on him, which is 106, so yeah, wouldn't be too hard to do, the worst I could do is fifth place, if I lost, and then Devin won, and outscored me by 170, and then Eric by default would have won, because I lost to him, Matt has to also win, or he could lose, but he could outscore me by 106. So a lot of these become repetitive because we all have the same records, but they, they can sometimes change a little bit. So Matt, the best he could do is first place. He would need Nate to lose and to maintain his 90-point lead over Nate. Um, obviously, Matt would have to win for this to happen. Um, and then the winner of me and Eric, he's 
if Eric wins, he has to maintain his points scored over Eric of 15, or he has to score 106 more points than myself. The worst he could do is five. In this situation, again, he would have to lose. It all hinges on Devin. Devin has to win, outscore him by 63, and then whoever loses the matchup between Eric and Dan, he would have to be lower in points on them. So that would mean Eric would outscore him by 15, or I would maintain my point lead of 106. Eric, the best he can do is first. He would need to win and beat me. He would need Nate to lose, and he would need to outscore Nate by... Sorry, I didn't do this one before. I missed it. Uh, 75. Or, yeah, he'd have to maintain his, his lead on Nate by 75, and Nate has to lose. And then he also needs Matt to lose, or Matt can win if he can outscore Matt by 15. Uh, the worst he can do is fifth place. He would have to lose. Devin has to win. Devin would have to also outscore him by 48. Matt would have to win, or Matt could lose and hold his 15-point uh, fifteen-point lead on Eric. Okay, Devin. Finally, someone that isn't 8-4 and four might be a little different. The best he can do is third, because either Eric or I are going to win, and then we'll be one game up on him. And again, I'm not doing ties. So the best he could do is third. Um, he would have to win. Matt would have to lose. And he would need to outscore whoever loses in the matchup between Eric and myself. If it's Eric, he needs to outscore him by 48. If it's me, he needs to outscore him by 170. Oh, and not only does Matt need to lose, he also in the process needs to outscore Matt by 63. Okay. The worst Devin can do is five. If he loses, he doesn't move anything. He's still clinched a playoff spot. All of those five teams, including him above him, uh, all have clinched playoff spots. So he's at his he's at his his peak. He's at the bottom of the well. He's got nowhere to go but up, or he could just sit on his ass and stay there and wait for the playoffs. So let's get into this friggin' let's get down in the trough with the little piggies all honking at each other. Dave, the best he can do is that sixth place playoff spot. Now he needs to win. And then he needs Bill to lose, or Bill can win, but Dave would need to maintain his 15-point lead on Bill in Bill's scores. Okay, so it gets kind of confusing if he loses. If he loses, he can stay here, actually. That would require um, Bill to lose, and for him to maintain that score, it would require Bob and Nick to either lose or... Either one of them can win if he can outscore them. And Bill and Bob has an 89-point score or 89-point lead on Dave, and Nick has an 85-point lead. So kind of confusing. It's way easier if he wins. But the point is, if he wins, is he in? No. No. It's not a win and in because it all matters what Billy does. Billy wins two and outscores him by 15. He's not in. So same with Billy. It's not a win and in scenario. He would need to win and outscore by Dave by 15 if Dave also wins. Or Dave can lose straight up and Bill's in. Now again, if it, it could be a crazy scenario where Bill could lose but still get in there. If he loses and then outscore and Dave also loses and he outscores Dave by 15 and then Bob and Nick both lose or if any of them win, he outscores Bob by 104, and Nick by 100. Seems unlikely. The worst he could do is nine. If he loses, um, Bob wins um, and maintains his lead of 104 points. Nick wins and maintains his lead of 100 points. Uh, Dave wins or Dave loses and maintains his lead of, lead of 15. So for Bob, the best he could do is sixth place. He would need to win. He needs Nick to lose, or Nick can win. But Bob holds his four-point lead on Nick, and then he needs Dave and Bill to both lose, and he needs to hold his leads over them of 89 and 104. The worst he could do is nine. That's if he loses, and then Nick either wins or loses but outscores him by four. Nick, the best he could do is six. He needs to win. He needs Bob to lose, or Bob can win, but then Nick outscores him by four. Um... He needs 
Dave and Bill to lose, and he needs to hold his leads over them, uh, 85 over Dave and 100 over Bill. And Drew, the best he can do is 10, and the worst he can do is 10. So thanks for making my job a little easier and having to write all those up. Well, that was a lot. Um, If you're still listening, we're thankful for you. But we can't say goodbye just yet because we have a special segment. The grand reveal is happening right now, folks. So don't miss it. Scoop FM, we like to, uh, we keep our ear to the streets, you know? We do. And you could tell that by the host. Look at all my picks. Look at all my trades. I'm always ahead of what's going on. You know what I mean? Because I got my ear to the streets. Because I put my men in the streets. And I'm my only man. So I put myself in the streets and my ear to the street. And then I come back from the streets. I tell myself what the streets said. And then I do what they say. So I'm going out on the streets. I'm going live. I'm out on the field on report. I'm in downtown Youngstown on the eve of Scoops Giving. Talking to people about some football. Chopping it up. Who knows? Maybe we'll be lucky enough to find a Shadow Dynasty League owner. So stay tuned. Dan, this is Dan from the Scoop FM studio. What are you hearing over there in the field? I don't know what they're going to do tomorrow. Thanks, Dan. This is Dan out in the field on Scoop FM. I'm live here out in the bars on Scoop's Gaming Eve. I'm, I'm talking with some owners of some teams, and uh, let's see if I can get an interview with them and ask them for a question. Oh, wait. Here's a former member of the league, Brandon Capelli. Mr. Capelli, how are you? You're now on Scoop FM. Anything you want to say to the listeners? Yeah, fuck this league. It's a whole bunch of bullshit. The owner sucks. All the fucking people in the league are bullshit. They're all fake people. I fucking hate everyone. Go Jets, baby. Jets in the Super Bowl. Nine and seven wild card. Let's go. Oh my God. A resounding endorsement from a former member. Let's go to Eric, a person I'm playing this week personally. Eric, how do you like your chances? My team heating up, yours cooling down. How do you like your chances this week? I'm not going to lie, Dan. I'm not very excited for our matchup this week. Um, You know, my team's been on kind of a downturn the last couple weeks with with Amari's disappointing games. And and Dak had one, one of those two games were disappointing. It's, uh, it's, it's not looking good for me this week. Eric, I didn't want to say it, but you said it. You put the words right in my mouth. But you've clinched the playoff spot. What are you going to say to your boys to get them psyched for a playoff matchup? You know, as you guys can tell this season, I've relied a lot on the Dak and Amari stack. Um, so those are going to be the two main guys that I'm probably going to have to have a good talk with, uh, you know, going into the playoffs. Um, and then, you know, my other big hitter, Nick Chubb, um, is just a machine when it comes to running the ball. Um, so he's he's going to be the other guy that, that, that you know, I'm going to have a really good talk with leading into the playoffs. Well, good luck in the playoffs to you, sir. And here I have Bobby Ballone, owner of Dalvin and the Chipmunks. Now, Bobby, you are one of these teams on the peripheral fighting for the last playoff spot. What do you think your team needs to get in there? What do you like from the boys this week? You think you can do it? Listen, listen. Give me a chance. I win this whole fucking thing. It's over. Give me one fucking chance. I promise. Listen, put me in a playoff. It's a big fucking mistake, Dan. Give me that number six. It's fucking over. That's all I got to say. Happy Thanksgiving. Wow. With that confidence, I would not want to meet him in the playoffs. We, uh, that is scary. We have, yes, that's Devin Rambo. That's Devin Rambo, CEO of Rogers LLC. We'll talk to him in a minute. We have Nick, a newcomer to the league, and we just want to know, Nick, Nick, through it all, you've had some bad luck, but you've had some big boom weeks. You still have a chance to make it into the playoffs. What do you think about your chances? Do you, do you like this team? What's the future as an expansion team? What's the future for this league? You think of playoffs this year or what? The future is bright. We're going to control what we can control. Let the rest play out. Whatever happens, happens. Another cliche. (laughs) And that's all I have to say about it. Love cliches. Wow. We love cliches here. That's great. I think that, I think those are great words of encouragement. Hey, get the man of the Seems day like that here. team has a bright future. And now, okay, the moment you all have to wait for it, Devin Rambo, owner of Rogers LLC. Oh, here we go. Rot- now, 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 listen, making big moves. Only put up 75 last week. That's a concern. But through it all, through it all, through it all, he's clinched a playoff spot. He's clinched a playoff spot. He's clinched a playoff spot. Devin, everyone wants to know 
How do you feel going in? How do you feel going into these playoffs? Listen, we all know the playoffs. Hey, I'm not built for it. Never been built Whoa. for it. You've seen my body. You've seen my body. I'm not built for the impact. But listen to me. Not stacked. But listen, one and done. Listen, if I, if I go, if I, listen, if I go one and done, it's a sexy one and done. But here's the deal. We know the three first rounders. We know the running backs. We know the erotic. We know the erotica and the sexual attention. He's relying on Derry's guns. No, there's a lo- oh low blow, low blow. There's a lot of sexual tension in my in my team and my life. And here's the deal: Dan has been giving me flirty eyes the entire podcast. Don't put that. Don't put it. Get me off the air. Get me. Oh my God. Wow, disgraceful, just disgraceful. When you see two teams going in opposite directions, a, an owner who's a drunk who has no idea what he's doing versus the very confident Bobby. Now, we'll hope to get a talk from Dave Wiley, the man of the hour. It, 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 <laughs> wow, resounding boos, resounding boos. <laughs> resounding boos. Dave is trying his best to pump up the crowd. He just can't do it. It's only faced with more boos. <laughs> He's lost six straight. He's lost six straight. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fans, the fans are screaming. He's lost six straight. It, it's true. It's very true. We're waiting for a response from him. He's in a Christmas sweater, though it's Thanksgiving. Last time I went out with him, he was wearing light blue when it was way past Labor Day. It was in the ball. He was very self-conscious. Everyone else was wearing darks. He was in turquoise blue. Um, another odd choice from him. We'll try to talk to him later. I think he's romancing a, a, a young lady over there, so we'll give him a chance. Oh, God. His call girl is pointing at me. I better, I better turn this off. We'll try to talk to Dave later. Oh, wow. Isn't this a special treat, folks? I just ran into Drew McLaughlin, owner of Drew Magoo's team. Uh, we're going to have a chance to talk to him now. Now, Drew, you have no chance of making the playoffs, but you're in prime position to get the number one overall pick. And you have Bobby's pick, which could be high as well. So let me tell you. So please tell, tell Scoop FM listeners, how are you feeling about this team? What's the vibe of this team going into 2020 and beyond? Yo, first of all, um, Hey, to my Scoop FM listeners, um, I listen every week. Week, uh, Dan does a great job. So, oh, uh, thank you. Good, good for Dan. Thank Second you. Off, um, you know, I am two and nine right now, or two and ten. I understand that, but you know what? Out of the past five games, I'm competitive. And that's what matters. That's I'm, I'm one of the hottest teams in the league right now. I got my pick, and Bob's team is not going to make the playoffs, so I'm going to have his pick. So, I have two of the top first four picks in the draft with a good team with Jimmy G. And fucking Sam Darnold going in the future, I'm gonna be okay. Fuck Bob, and, and um, we'll be okay. Thanks, Dan. Wow. Cornerstones, and remember, last year Matt was the worst team in the league. He had some high draft picks. Now he's got the second most points. If if Drew can have a successful draft and Bobby can stay out of the playoffs, keep that pick high, well, we might just be in for a quick turnaround, folks. We'll have to see. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Wow. Um, Austin pulls a spot to fraud. Don't use the promo code. You end up in jail. Wow. Wow. Those are high accusations. You better watch what you're saying there. Here's Corey Henry, good friend of the program. Corey, we've just heard two conflicting statements. One that Austin Tapuza's and Spaz is a fraud. One that they're great. Where do you stand on this matter? Uh, honestly, don't have the data enough to make a final decision. But I've been in there a few times. Hey, what if I could sell you a hot tub right now? The work is sloppy. The, the work is lazy. And I honestly, it's a one and done. It's a one and done. I gotta, I gotta be honest. Right now, I'll sell it to you right now. Twenty three. They sound desperate to me, honestly. They sound a little desperate. Don't go there. Don't go there. All right, folks. That just goes to show. There's three topics you don't touch at Thanksgiving: religion, politics, and Austin Top Pools and Spas. We'll hope to get uh, on the line with one or two more. GMs tonight, but until then, um, we'll see you next time. Well, folks, they say lightning doesn't strike twice, but I've been lucky enough to catch multiple owners of Shadynasty League teams tonight. 
One of which... Well, yeah, we could do that, but... I would rather do that. Okay, but you need... Did you just fart? No. Something's... You ripped ass. I'm 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 here I'm here with Dave Wiley who just ripped ass at the bar. Um, <laughs> he's the owner of true. <laughs> he's the owner of Mel Potter and Ball Witness. They're on a six-game losing streak, but they still have a playoff spot. They might be able to make it. Dave, tell us, do you think you can make this playoff? Do you think you can pull it off this week in a matchup against Nate, our number one seeded team right now? All right. I have a few things to say about Nate, and I have a few things to say about that losing streak you spoke of, and none of it mattered. I could have lost 14 in a row, and I'd still be here. That's impossible. It's only a 13-game regular season, friend. I would have done anything that I needed to. Okay. Odd and um, vague, vague excuses from David Wiley. I, you'll hear much more in my one-on-one interview on 60 Minutes this Sunday night. Okay. We're going to do a bigger expose on this team in the future, but for now, I'm glad that you were able to comment. Uh, Dan in the studio, back to you. Well, thanks, buddy. Um, just a word of advice. You know, I know I'm a little more professional and set up in this studio, but keep your mouth away from the damn mic. You're popping all over the place. It sounds terrible. Um, well, I'm glad everyone got to hear that because this is, uh, I mean, just some shameful comments all over the place, but especially Devin, for those who are wondering, you know, why I don't let him speak more. So that's what happens when you give him the mic, okay? Uh, you know, blatant racism, bias against black quarterbacks, um, odd sexuality. It's just, it's not a good scene. So, well, I think that, oh, wait, one second. One second, I'm getting a ring. Looks like Dan out in the field has one more guest he'd like to, he'd like to talk to. So let me put him on the line one more time. Uh, we'll see if this one gets us anything better than the last few. I'm doing this right now. I'm doing this right now. What are you doing? We, we could only get so lucky. We didn't think it could happen. We didn't think it could happen, but... All right, no one wants to hear you. No one wants to hear you. Here, hand me the microphone. Listen, we, shit, listen, shit, Dan, shit, Dynasty. I'm here at Rise with none of my friends. Your or, friends? None of my friends. Don't know anybody. All right. <laughs> Guys, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Wait, come back. Anyways, yeah. So, heading into the playoffs, I'm not really worried. I just made this big deal with Devin. By the way, this is Matt, by the way, if you can't tell. Nearly top of the standings. <laughs> wow, that was terrible. Well... We, we know why Truth FM has zero ratings on iTunes, and I have three five stars. So Lightning did strike three times. I, I was able to wrangle in some other uh, league owners in Shadonacy League, one of them being obviously Matt. Now, Matt, you do have the second most points scored. You're in third place. You're fighting for a bye. How do you feel about this team going into the playoffs? Do you think you have enough to get over the edge and win it all? From worst to first, do you think you can do it? At this point, I don't even think I need to check my lineup. It's pretty set in stone. You have 12 quarterbacks. I'm running with two, running with two, top, two top 10 quarterbacks, three up-and-coming quarterbacks. Just wait till Marcus Mariota comes back, saves the Titans, drives them back into the play, drives them back into the playoffs. Do you think Andy Dalton getting the start again this week is the playoff boost your team was looking for? Well, that's why I hung on to him. That's exactly why I hung on to him. See, I didn't, I didn't jump ship on Andy Dalton like some people who picked up like Ryan Finney or Finley or whatever the fuck his name is. Irrelevant. Starts three games, doesn't do shit, as I figured. But here, I'm gonna toss it back over to Dan. You guys can tune out for a second. Okay, and now we got we got our last host, our last owner that we've been waiting to talk to, the man in first place, the infamous, the the everlasting Nate Higgins, who dominated the league last year, is continuing to do so despite being low in points, scraping by, barely putting hundred point weeks together, still managing to be in first place. Nate, everybody looks at you and they look at your strength of schedule and they wonder if your team really has the guts to make it through the playoffs. Now, you still might lose that by, but you might have it. So you could have an advantage. How do you feel about this team? What would you say to all of the haters in this league right now? Listen, 
I love the spot I'm in. I'm at the top of the league again. The haters keep hating. The haters keep hating. They keep doubting me. Every week. Hold on. Hold on. Every week. Every member of the league has talked shit to me the last couple weeks. Here's the thing. The, the last two weeks, I've only made my team better. I've only made my team better for this playoff push. I'm at the top of the heap, and I'm still making my team better. I didn't give up anyone. I didn't give up anyone in my starting lineup. I'm, my team got so much better, and you guys are all fucked for this playoff push. You're so fucked. Thank you. Back to Dan. Wow, that's a man who's practiced a few wrestling promos in the mirror before. <laughs> He's been practicing that for the past two weeks. <laughs> All right, Dan, back to the studio. Signing off. What else is there to say? Nothing that I want to, but just want to thank everybody for a great season again. Thank everybody for their participation. Thank Dan in the field for your hard work your investigative journalism professionalism always shining through and let's look ahead to next week even though we've already had three games go by thanks to thanksgiving um so the award next week for week 13 is the almost tasted award goes to the team that loses by the least you're so close to making your playoff dreams come true but you just can't do it you can almost taste it and the match of the week. There are lots of good matches this week, but I think <clears throat> as in, ter- in terms of implications of where things could be going, of how the playoff picture could be tossed and turned about, nothing has more outcomes and results hinging upon it than the matchup between Nate and Dave. Can Dave do it? Can Dave win and win big to ensure his playoff spot? Can Nate hold on to a bye week? Can he do it? Can he hold on to a game lead over the rest of us? We'll have to see, folks. So that's your match of the week. Thanks again for everything. We are we are tuning out here at Scoop FM. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving with your family. Hope you to continue to have a good weekend. And until uh, the turkeys decide they're not going to take it anymore, they grab us and put us on the conveyor bolts, cut our heads off, and eat us every Thanksgiving. Okay, bye-bye.